Welcome to The Uplift, where we are uplifting our lives, uplifting each other, and uplifting our communities together. Thank you for joining myself, Sai Herrera, and Tessa Savala here, two women, two attorneys, doing it our way, and inviting you here each week to share in on the stories, advice, and life lessons we've picked up along our journeys that keep us uplifted, and that will hopefully do the very same thing for you. Now buckle in and let's get ready to be uplifted. Hello everyone. As always, I am Tessa and I'm joined by the lovely and amazing and accomplished and always thinking Sai. <laughs> Thank you, Tessa. I'm so excited to be here <laughs> with you as always and uh, to have another wonderful conversation. I am too, especially since we in here in Austin, Texas, have been under this what heat dome for hundred <laughs> days of a hundred degrees. I am I'm delighted that we have not lost our way and I'm delighted that we're still optimistic and wanting to uplift people because heat can be oppressive. But that also makes me think like, you know, the heat affects everything, but there's so much around us that impacts us and can bring us down. And we have to, like, actively choose not to see the negative or to choose to see the positive path out of it without, you know, I don't say, I don't want to go for, like, that toxic positivity, but we admit that the negative side exists, but we don't focus on the negative, right? We, mm-hmm. we choose to see the good without mm-hmm. ignoring that the bad exists. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a strategy. Totally. And it makes me think about just like life in general and how do we uplift ourselves and others by working on our mindset. Like I know when I was, say, in my 20s, I did, I probably compared myself to other people career-wise more than I should have. And I think that can like drag you down and then it makes you say negative things about other people and not come from this place of abundance where you think everyone can achieve their goals and I'm glad I got out of it quickly but I think it's pretty easy to fall into that mindset especially Mm -hmm. if you're on social media because there are so many people who say crappy little things and when you see it again and again again you know it could be easy to fall into that oh yeah they're right as opposed to seeing that everyone has their space and everyone has a different opinion, and everyone has something valuable to bring to the table, merely because everybody is different and unique, and that's our superpowers. Yes, 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 yes to all of that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just wild, because it's so many things went through my head as, as you were speaking, you know, I, I mean, there's so many scenarios where it's like, even when you're young, it's like just comparing yourself to siblings if you have them or cousins or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like whoever's mm-hmm. in your little world in your little bubble, you know, and 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 then in the workplace or in school or whatever the team, you know, whatever it is. It's like we get into yeah. these little bubble mindsets, and I've always found that one thing that helps me to be expansive and 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 now you know what I recognize as 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 the abundance of it all is is actually kind of just thinking about 
something bigger I don't know why but that's always helped me like I've always been a little bit of a history buff so I think maybe that's why I you know I can relate to that but it's like if you think about all the things that have happened in history and all of the huge (laughs) things that are so much bigger than you know this little thing right here that has that has really helped me and then even recently I mean I've gone beyond that to think a little bit more philosophically thinking like you know even you know beyond this lifetime beyond you know this human form or or what have you like whatever you believe you know or I guess for me it's like whatever my evolving belief is it makes me feel like sometimes these thoughts are just petty (laughs) in a way where I'm like you know this is really that important or you know it I don't know there's there's just so much more to think about there's so much more to explore there's so much more to wonder on there's so many bigger things um for me that helps me to kind of put it in perspective I guess you know you raised such a important point that I don't think I was there maybe in my 20s but you talked about evolving opinions right Mm -hmm. so important that you know Mm. we all do change and evolve and adapt and we need to think of that as a good thing as opposed to I think at least for me in my 20s it was this idea that I had to stay true to my opinions Mm. values and that they should not fluctuate but it turns Mm. out you know it's all a bunch of gray and it's not black and white and that's probably the idealism of youth right that Mm -hmm. it's so clear-cut what's right and wrong Mm. and now you now I realize that it's like it's all shades of gray and oh yeah but we want that so bad. I still crave that. <laughs> I still do. Like, I'm, every time there's a really, like, hairy problem, I'm like, okay, let's just simplify it, you know? And I try to get to, like, this minimalistic type of, like, it's either this or that, right? And then every time there's a problem that's really beyond that, it's just so funny for me to, like, see myself struggle trying to get it down to, like, this simple thing. And the, it just isn't, you know? And then you're like, damn. All right, I guess we have to deal with all the complexities of and nuances of this. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's harder. It's a lot harder. It's totally harder. But, you know, going back to what you were saying about also history, I think mm-hmm. it's so true, an easy way to understand things. I know when I read in the news about recession or economic downturn, mm-hmm. all I think to myself is this about uh, – book I read about political history in the 1930s and it pointed out how many people made a lot of money during the recession and that's not something you think about and you realize that when there's a recession it doesn't mean everybody's not making money right it doesn't mean everything's going into the toilet it just means there's some complications but it's so easy to doomsday it that the world is ending the world is ending Yes, yes. And how many? And I mean, it's kind of funny, but I've always also been slightly obsessed with cults. I don't know if we've talked about that, but I think so. But (laughs) (laughs) but I always find that interesting, too. Like that gives me perspective because you see all these cults like come and go. And a Mm -hmm. lot of them are doomsday cults. And I and I oh, yeah. so like it actually I don't know why but it gives me like a sense of comfort where I'm just like oh yeah like all these people thought you know the world was gonna end and it didn't and it didn't and it didn't so like whenever somebody tells me the world's gonna end I'm gonna be like well I guess you know either I'm gonna get a front row seat to something and no one else has got to see <laughs> in all of history <laughs> or it's not gonna happen and it's most likely that it's really not gonna happen um you know because so many people have said it over and over again so it's just funny the things that 
really like if we all like opened up our minds and and you know like in regards to telling each other what we really think I think it's just kind of funny how we all have these little things that help us get past all of these you know scary scary or complicated things in life like we all have the little reference points that we kind of lean on we do and I think like that idea of doomsday translates to like everybody's personal life too because Mm. you know we've all been there where we assume Mm. the worst possible outcome is going to occur and I think that is somewhat normal but I don't think that necessarily makes us feel good and I know that I feel better when I think the best possible outcome is going to occur yeah yeah and I mean I know that some people think the opposite way and it's I mean I think of so many things now as a trauma response but I mean <laughs> it's really an opportunity I mean it's really an opportunity for people to you know save themselves it's it's classic thing but I mean you know people fear rejection so then they just don't do things or um or they just assume it's going to go bad that way if it goes good then they're pleasantly surprised but if it goes bad they're not su- they're not surprised which you know it, there's some funny science that says like we would rather wait for 20 minutes knowing something that's going to happen versus waiting five minutes without knowing what's going to happen right and so because we are like tortured I know it's just I mean psychology is so fascinating to me I was thinking I need to just start reading psychology stuff again because it's just so fascinating like people literally just hate the unknown I remember some I remember when people would ask me what my biggest fear was I used to say the unknown and I used to be afraid of it. And I just realized like this week that I'm, I'm not anymore. I'm like fascinated by it and I'm interested and curious. And so again, it's just, it's just so funny, right? Like how we evolve and change on an individual level. Um, and I think that that shows our plasticity. I think it shows that we can change, right? And so like, no matter what your trauma response has been, no matter what your practice and habit has been, no matter what your little like mental crutches have been, you can change them. Yes, you can. This week, well, the past month has been the Women's World Cup. And bear with me, this actually relates. So, <laughs> I, being a fan of Sweden, woke up in the middle of the morning many times to watch Sweden play. And because I'm living in Austin, Texas, my option to watch it included American commentators. One of the American commentators was a woman who was a former member of the U.S. women's national team. Well, whenever Sweden and the U.S. meet in a World Cup in the early stages, history has said that Sweden knocks the U.S. out. And that kind of trauma has stayed with our commentator because <laughs> the woman could not say anything nice about Sweden an entire game. Mm. You know, it didn't matter if Sweden shut somebody out 4-0. They had screwed up everywhere along the way. But I just thought about... <laughs> wow like (laughs) you're supposed to be a professional and your Mm -hmm. job is to say what's going on and what's going good in this like (laughs) professional soccer match but instead (laughs) you have your trauma and it is front and center and telling Mm. everybody how angry you still are for something that occurred you know 15 20 years ago Mm, interesting Uh, but I don't think she's alone right like no, think about no. even in your friend circle it comes out it does it comes, it comes out sometimes it's misdirected and misguided and it's you know I mean a lot of times I should say it's misdirected and misguided because 
a lot of that trauma is from maybe childhood or another decade or even, you know, the last job or the last relationship, right? But it's the people in front of you now that get yep. to experience your fun trauma response, right? <laughs> so true. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I try to think before I speak most of the time. And <laughs> I realize that what impacts me and what affects me is probably not the same stuff that impacts other people. Mm. And so let's keep our viewpoints more like macro as opposed to micro. Mm. That helps. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, uh, this, this, this topic of like abundance versus scarcity um, layered with perspective and, you know, like understanding where everyone is on their journey is also another perspective that we, we, we have to, you know, kind of grow towards. And, yeah. um, and it's, a, it's, it's one of the most difficult lessons or, or, I guess maybe the, one of the most important lessons I should say, right? One of the most worthy oh, lessons to learn because if you, you know, are only in your perspective, it's really difficult to relate to other people, period. Like just hard yep. stuff. It's just hard to to do, right? And I used to do this a lot. I mean, I think we all still do it in, in a way, right? Where it's like the first thing you think of when somebody comes to you with a problem you're like well this is what I would do and then you're bringing like Mm -hmm. everything everything that is you every every perspective that you have everything that has formed your worldview but um I've found a lot more success and when I say success I mean I've been actually able to make positive impact in people's lives that I want to you know that I want to help grow and that I want to feed into and um and then, and I'm working to do that with them. I've I've found success first by not judging their life against my measuring stick, right? Like just mm-hmm. accepting them for who they are right out the gate, and 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 just trying to put myself in their shoes as opposed to my own. And just that little switch, just that little, you know, just that little pivot. It, it changes the whole thing because then you're like okay well let me take everything that you've been through and 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 try to understand you know what your natural trauma responses would be like right what would flow from that if I know your trauma and then apply that in this situation what would make sense for you what's a slightly more you know positive thing or or slightly like you know redirect that we can do that makes sense for you and your lived experience because you know me telling you what I would do that's just like I don't know like you know it's almost alien in a way (laughs) it's like it doesn't apply you know and so you really have to um you really have to just like take on someone's entire life experience as much as you can from from what they'll share with you in order to even really begin to speak on it if that's what they're seeking from you I completely agree, and I have found that it's been helpful for me when I ask, what can I do to help you, mm-hmm. right, to view it as a form of collaboration, like, yes. how can, what do I have that could help you get to what you want to see for yourself, and I'm oh. hoping that by asking that, it allows it to be on their terms and to help define their success the way they want to view it. 
and success could be anything. I'm not saying it's just monetary. It could be no, success yeah. as in, you know, how personal do I growth, decorate I my mean. living room or personal <laughs> yes. growth, right? It can mean so many things. Help. Whatever. But yeah. often, you know, people don't know. So it's it's exactly what you're right. pointing out that you have to like get get them to talk to help them understand where they are because it has to be on their mm-hmm. terms. It has to be from their perspective, as you pointed out. But one thing that I think adds value that, you know, like you just, what you just said in regards to the fact that they're, they often don't know, right? That, mm-hmm. that brings up for me one thing that people can offer that the person themselves cannot really, you know, guide. Um, and that is how you see that person's potential, right? Because that yes. is that is such a huge thing that changes everyone. I mean, you've done that for me. I've done it for many others. Like it's literally, you know, seeing the like endless potential in each other and expressing yeah. that and being able to lift each other up with the idea of our greatness and how we can mm-hmm. step into that greatness together. I mean, that is that is something so powerful that you know mamas have been doing for <laughs> yep. since the beginning of time. Yeah, but, I mean, I really think that that's 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 the part that really changes us. It changes our mm-hmm. dynamic with one another instead of you know trying to tear one another down or feeling like okay, there's only so much to go around. I can't believe that you know they're getting these accolades on social media and I am not. Like I, you know, I mean, you secretly start maybe wishing for bad things to happen to people so that your stuff looks better. I mean, it gets to be ugly, right? If we think that there's only so much to go around, but when we know that there's, you know, that we are in abundance, that there is Mm -hmm. so much, I mean, there's an endless amount of growth and wellness and success and, um, and just, all the wonderful things that we ever could dream of for each other. Um, when we know that there's enough and we know that there's more than enough and we know that there's an abundance of enough, if that's a sentence, then <laughs> it becomes, you know, it, 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 it just, it falls away. All of that, again, all of that pettiness, all of that, mm-hmm. you know, angst, all of that negativity to one another it just falls away because it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense anymore. Right. Like if there's an abundance, then why are we fighting? Like, why would we fight over this, you know, biscuit when there's 5,000 biscuits (laughs) for the both of us, if that doesn't make any sense. Right. (laughs) And so that part, I feel like that part is the value that, you know, we can't even find in ourselves. Like we often talk about doing, you know, some internal reflection and doing mindset work and, pushing ourselves out of our own comfort zones and all of that stuff. That's, that's great, wonderful things that we, that we should be doing and that we're doing together. We're doing, we're doing great. Right. And there's something that holds us back sometimes. And it's that we can't even imagine our full potential, but somebody else can. And when they say it, it immediately opens up like this, this whole new, you know, kind of horizon, this whole new world that this whole new direction you weren't even thinking about or looking at, or, I mean, you didn't even imagine it. So you didn't know it was there. And then it's like, somebody just points it out for you. And you're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Absolutely. And tell me if you have the same experience that I have when you are a person who finds, 
you can see the potential in others and get excited when they have reached their goals and achieved mm-hmm. things and supported the people around you and others and strangers too, being happy for people's success and people's good fortune and their great them showing the world their greatness when you're happy about it and you're there supporting it I find it makes me feel better about myself it uplifts and uplifts me but it also helps me uplift other people it is like the best addiction in the world yes absolutely get into this one (laughs) yeah absolutely no and I mean and some people don't get it right like people like people like why are you spending so much time on 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 this person or that person's thing and I'm just like because it's the best it's the best and it makes me so fantastic and you know I don't want to see the people that I love you know by their own terms failing or struggling or Mm -hmm. you know just suffering period why would you want to see that and and how much does that weigh you down I mean I think the 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 silliest um fallacy that we have in the U.S. is that there is this thing called individualism and individual responsibility I think it's just so silly that we pretend that that's a, a thing I mean yes people are responsible for their actions of course but nobody 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 lives in a silo period. We're social animals. And, you know, your success is my success. Your falling is my falling. Like your pain is my pain. I mean, we're all connected, period. Like, I just don't, I don't understand this idea that, that we're not, or that, I mean, actually, it's funny, this is coming up. Yeah, literally yesterday, I was just saying, isn't it wild how, and, you know, this is a political thing, I guess. But for me, it's like, you can call it, I call it capitalism, but I guess we could call it a lot of things. But the way that society is, this society is structured and the way that we decided, you know, that we should be as a people, it literally is working to strip our humanity. It's telling us be less emotional, right? We're emotional beings. It's saying be less social. We're social beings. It's saying be less connected. And we are connected beings. And so my point being is that (laughs) the reason I came to recognize that actually was because I was in this wonderfully positive space celebrating Latinas yesterday. And it was all about the opposite of that and about healing and how all of these people are finding healing and growth and stepping into their greatness because of it. And it made me think like, how are we all like why are we all having to go through this right and then I just started working backwards and realizing like oh because we have been taught and like you were like even as you're talking about like going through your 20s and all of that that's all like a product of people socializing us to believe that we should be less and less ourselves less and less human less and less Mm -hmm. you know really the part of this interconnected um network of 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 beings and so uh that all tells me that you know we have to reclaim it and the more we go there really the better it is for all of us and I don't know why we're doing the other thing but I think we need to stop (laughs) absolutely I I mean looking back on it now I realized that in my 20s was when I was the least connected to my culture and Mm. Swedes are while they tend to be very I would say 
individualistic, they have a communal attitude, right? So while they may stand a meter mm-hmm. apart at the bus stop and not have conversations, which mm-hmm. is their norm, they their viewpoint of the world is that there needs to be a greater good before there's something right. greater for me. And taking this back to World Cup football, because I have watched a lot lately, <laughs> this happened. So the Sweden knocked the U.S. out. The Swedes and the entire team was asked by the press, you know, like essentially how bad was the United States? And their response immediately was, quote, stop talking shit about the United States. <laughs> Two, you need to start being more positive because they have so much going for them and then started listing all their positive attributes. Wow. And then pretty much just walked off the stage, right? And I'm like, Amazing. that comes from a, that comes a, from a country that is happy and that thinks That's about right. a greater good, which is the sport yes. as opposed to themselves. Yes. And in this World Cups, we didn't, you know, made it to the bronze game and won the bronze medal. And I was thinking, you know, I was talking to my spouse about it, and I was like, I don't think if the U.S. was playing for the bronze match that they would be happy if they won. They would just mm. be mad that they didn't get the first place mm. medal. And okay. Sweden was so happy and having so much fun. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, this is what I like That's in my I life, be, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like enjoying the moment, enjoying the abundance that's before you, seeing the amount of potential and all the excitement that could happen for their sport and their country and protecting the United States, which is not something that I think they would receive have received in response if the tables were turned. Yeah, I, mean, I would hope, but unfortunately, I don't think that it's, again, it's the mindset. It's not even it's like totally individuals are good or bad. It's not bad. It's truly not that because it's, you know, like literally like we're all in this soup (laughs) and they're just in a different soup. And how do we get our soup more like theirs is is really my question. And, you know, I think the answer is, is what we're doing and, and, and one person Mm -hmm. at a time kind of thing. Um, But I'm excited to see that it's, it's, it's really becoming, you know, beyond us. I mean, even just sitting in that space yesterday, it made me realize like, something's happening that's you know it feels like we're doing it in little pods but it's happening all together um maybe people are doing it in you know all their separate pods but it's happening at the same time in concert almost you know and it's a beautiful thing and I um yeah I'm just taken aback by that that and that it gives me hope you know that there is something in the zeitgeist that says let's let's heal ourselves and each other you know and when you start there only good things follow, you know? For me, and it almost feels like a active form of rebellion mm-hmm. against the status quo in the United States, because I think we are surrounded by a lot of, especially because of our politics, and oh, yeah. you add on to it the media who loves a dramatic headline, and oh, yeah. apparently drama drama only revolves around negative issues and negative <laughs> outcomes which I didn't think was possible but that seems right. to be what headlines tell me yeah but it's like for me it feels like an act of rebellion to see the potential in people and to uplift them and be happy about people finding their joy and not yeah. you know yucking their yum and not quashing their joy but like celebrating it with them and it feels so much better right it just feels I mean that's why it's so sad that it's not the norm that it's I mean it's so strange that that is a radical thing to do um 
Especially because, I mean, I feel like all through history, so many people really had to cooperate, you know, to, to succeed. I mean, literally, our, our, our existence, right, really mm-hmm. was paramount. It, it really, it really, you know, pinged on this thing of, of cooperation. I mean, that's kind of the evolution of our species. So it, it worries me, <laughs> that, that, to say the <laughs> least. I don't know why, Tessa, but this morning I was looking up videos on the fall of, of Greece and Rome. I was just curious <laughs> about how that went down. <laughs> I was really and I don't know why. I, I, so, I mean, I think that's why, right? Like, I was like, can we have, I mean, I was really thinking, like, can we have it all? Because I feel like we're on this weird precipice of, you know, it, I don't know how to explain it except to say that I... I have like a heart and mind that knows that, you know, we're in this, in this existence of abundance. And I worry for so many people who don't see the world that way, because that scarcity mindset, I believe is really what's rendering so much of this hate and, 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 and nature to oppress others. Right. I mean, literally we just talked about it in terms of like individuals on social media and it's the same thing if you extrapolate it into the larger, like, societal, like, you know, whatever we call that, the zeitgeist or whatever we call it. Like, there are philosophies out there that are playing out where people who are in that scarcity mindset as a collective are working to oppress other people as a collective. Like, it's just on a bigger it's scale, so right? destructive. Yes. And so, and that's, and that's why I was like, I wonder what really happened to these societies, um, you know, and, and, and especially Greece. I mean, I ended up, I looked up Rome first because I, I was thinking that they were, you know, similar, but, but really Greece was really interesting because Greece was this incredible, like, you know, I guess Renaissance is probably not the word, but I mean, it, it was just this time, it seems like of enlightenment, right? Where, and that's mm-hmm. what I feel right now in this time and age. It's like, we are similarly like just, I mean, I mean, I'm just in awe, frankly, of like how, you know, all of our technologies and information sharing is just exploding. I mean, there's no other word for me than to say like, it's, 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 it's explosive. Like, I mean, it's out of this world, right? Like so fast, so much change, so much happening that is pushing us. It's like every year it feels like we're going decades into the future for me anyways and so when I think about Greece you know I see that they had these leaps and bounds where it was like art philosophy you know um, democracy obviously like so many different areas just were expansive in this relatively short amount of time it's from what I what I gleaned from this YouTube video (laughs) and so um, I was curious about the fall because I feel like I don't know why, but that's just like a reference in my head where, you know, this was a democracy, they had art and culture and all of this amazing enlightenment, and then they had a fall. And I almost feel like people have been talking about it too, like, you know, this could be coming for us because it happened to them, it could happen to us, right? And I don't, for whatever reason, I just thought, oh, let me see what actually happened because I don't like having like a, (laughs) you know, I don't like having like a baseless fear of nothing, you know? So I was just like, let me see what happened. And um, what did I learn? I mean, what I learned was was basically, I mean, they, um, I don't want to mistake, you know, Grecian history, <laughs> which I'm probably about to do. But what I, what I, what I gleaned from it was essentially that, you know, 
all of the things that people say were the fall of Greece, like, you know, that people were just so excessive or I don't know what they say, but I, I, <laughs> I this, have like, this, like, hedonistic view. Yes. Like, oh, they were just so hedonistic, which I'm like, is that why they, is that why they had this fall? Because I'm pro-hedonist. So I'm just like, is that why? Um, and uh, I, I think that, that would be it. a Puritan yes um, exactly trauma response again mm-hmm. again thank you like see that's what I mean I really wanted to put it in perspective because I'm like is that really what happened and it's not no. it's definitely not <laughs> like it's definitely not so like even with the Roman thing I watched the whole Roman thing and it was literally like Rome was just at too many wars which could definitely be the fall of the United States right like obviously right. we love a good multi you know international um type you know ongoing sometimes secret wars we love that so that could absolutely be our fall I'm like oh yeah that makes sense that makes complete sense right they just had too many wars going on all of that good stuff um and then people fighting for power and then on the Greece side it was actually far less dramatic it was like oh you know the Spartans were bubbling up they were really aggressive um and then there was this other outside threat that really wanted land, you know, and so like they had to defend the land. I think it was like modern day Turkey. And so against the Persians. And so the Spartans and the um, Greek, they like came together, you know, to hold off the Persians. They finally got a peace agreement of like maybe a hundred years later, I think it was. Um, and then the Spartans came for Greece and Greece was like, all right, you know, like, they, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't really that dramatic. <laughs> They were just like, we're not going to do, I mean, I'm, maybe they fought for it. I don't know. But all I know is that, you know, Spartan was like, we'll still let Greece be free. Um, but like they wanted to take over because that was just their ambition. And it was probably coming from their own trauma response of having to prove something to mommy and daddy. I don't know. But all I know <laughs> is that, you know, Greece did not fall because they were taking pleasure in life. That's not it. That's, that's all I really wanted to know. So I think it's kind of funny, but you know, again, history gives me some sense of, of reality because I've always loved a true story. You know, when I watch things, I'm like, okay, the fantasy is cute, but I love a true story. Cause that makes me feel like this is reality. This is informing my reality <laughs> and I could learn something I... from this completely agree and i'm thinking about back on what i learned about the fall of greece and for some reason what i feel like i took with me was that it was a complete obliteration and annihilation of those people and that is obviously not correct right right exactly it's so interesting like the way that people present history for their own purposes yes and if you don't question it or you don't go find out for yourself then, and, and I mean, this is actually a great like life lesson to apply to our lives because my, my, my life experience is that when I was going through my younger age and, and even through my 20s, I was operating off of a lot of what people told me. Mm-hmm. And the people that were surrounding me had limited mindsets to an extent, right? Based on their lived experiences. And mm-hmm. until I got broke out of that, and started learning about the vastness of history, like the world <laughs> history, and the vastness of lived experiences, I was like, oh, there's so much more, you know, and and then it just changes everything, because you're like, oh, okay, so the, all of that was one thing, but it's not the only thing. And when you say that, I think about how 
it's like a compounding or exponential trauma response, right? Mm. Because yep. we, especially when we're generational, yeah, generational trauma it, response, yes, yeah, and it even goes down to things like history, apparently, because. Yeah, I took away for it was total annihilation, and that is not correct. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I, it's just so funny that you're saying this. It's so real. I mean, it's it's so correct. I mean, it's you know, whoever told you that, or whoever really wanted to project that to you, was probably trying to protect you, and they were probably trying. And their only reason they're presenting it as true is because someone probably presented. To, to presented that to them as true because they were trying to protect them like I mean it's just kind of funny like I mean it's like a passed on trauma response and if you yeah. think about all the intergenerational trauma that we've all surely you well, know yeah. um unrolled from I mean of course we're gonna have those things of course I mean of course I, I don't know if you've read um uh uh what is it called um Oh God, it's like PTSD, but it's about uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Um, it's so good. And um, the author talks about this and how, you know, people will create these protective mechanisms by which they might be in some ways harmful um, to the people that they love, but it's really just a protective measure, you know, that, that would keep them wow. from greater harm. Yeah, and and it's like this is intergenerational. This and then at some point you don't even know why you're doing it, right? Because like the yep. threat may or may not still be there, or it may or may not be there to the same extent. But you're still expressing this trauma response, maybe even maybe even you know even more intensely than you would have before, or at the same intensity level, or what have you. You don't even there's not even that connection there anymore. Or it may have changed, but you don't know where that trauma response even came from because it's intergenerational. It's even more complicated than, you know, going and working out your stuff in therapy. There's stuff you're doing. You don't even know why you're doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh that my part God. is really wild. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it is just a practice of identifying it. It obviously doesn't have to happen all at one time. Or probably should it because that would be a lot to do at one time. Yes. But I mean, I feel a certain sense of obligation to like correct those situations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that I'm not imposing Passing them on it on anyone again. else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and even the know, same thing with like gr- just girls, like raising girls and women, like yep. we are absolutely passing on tons of trauma response. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, just think about the whole like, you know, rape culture. So yep. much of that so much of that is like, I mean, and probably justifiably so, like, obviously, <laughs> there's a real fear um, and justifiable fear of rape. But I mean, look at the way that it's manifested in so many negative ways that we, we don't even know where that is coming from almost. It's just a thing. We just do it. And I think the one that sticks in my craw, I think that's a Southern saying, is <laughs> dress codes, right? And which I oh, think Lord. is part of Right, rape culture, right? Because it's not about teaching the perceived aggressor, the males, to not sexually assault people. It just pisses me off. I don't think there's a better way to say it, right? Like, how do you force people to conform as opposed to correcting the bad behavior in someone else? 
Yeah, and I mean, I guess dress codes could be more complicated than just being about rape culture, but I was totally triggered because my baby girl is in first grade and they literally wrote about dress code um, in her little, you know, like handbook. And I was just like, really? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I struggle with it. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to separate like what is and isn't about that um, and, and it's hard for me because I'm just like you know why are you telling a first grader they can't wear I don't know a spaghetti strap for example I'm just like what yeah. difference does that make like a cap yeah. sleeve is something different than a spaghetti strap it's not like your armpit is still exposed so that's not it like I just your right. shoulder is too much a first grader it really and why? It really I don't get it and it's so the coming from my Swedish perspective, why are we hypersexualizing? Yes, kids? that's what I'm saying. And that's exactly what so like I'm trying to be reasonable in it all. I'm just I'm really struggling with it because I'm just like, where is this actually coming from? And nobody else is questioning it. You know, it's just like or it doesn't it feels like no one else is questioning it because I'm not having a conversation <laughs> with anybody else about it. You know, I'm just sitting right. here reading this paper being triggered. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's totally normal, issue. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, then maybe by design, right? Because I mean, you don't want people oh, yeah. having collective power or having opinions or anything. So, <laughs> oh, heaven forbid. <laughs> questioning <Especially> things. <laughs> especially opinions that differ from what it's a prevailing norm and I think education has the education system in the United States has so many like flawed norms that are oh yeah forced into it oh yeah 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 I mean so many um yeah I'm I'm really interested to see how it's changed actually um through my baby's journey versus like how it was when I was in it um because I think a lot of things have you know I think some things have changed, I guess I should say. I have no idea yet, but I've noticed some things and I'm like, oh, interesting. Like, it's just interesting to see the evolution. And if, unless you have a child in school, I mean, or unless you're an educator or something, you might not know, actually. I was just thinking about that too. Like, I mean, before she started going to school, I mean, I just assumed things were the same, I guess. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I hope some things have changed. I remember being essentially told girls were not good in math and I thought well that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard <laughs> you're dumb no, <laughs> I, no you are certain, misinformed I mean <laughs> I have certain like 10 year old me who responds with right. well you're stupid <laughs> I can guarantee that's what I would have thought now I would like to say I'm a little more evolved and would say well I don't think you're correctly informed on this situation right, right. <laughs> but it's you know that 10 year old might still be there going oh my word you are so dumb <laughs> and that's okay I mean I think that um you know like literally that's our evolution right of like yeah. knowing knowing all of us and that that's okay too I mean I I I think it's kind of funny like this is a whole different topic probably but it's kind of it's kind of interesting how we have to you know sacrifice some of our instincts or like our true opinions for sake of you know cooperation or or sake of <laughs> professionalism dare I say you know mm -hmm. um I always find that really fascinating and I've never really 
subscribe to it and I mean I well I shouldn't say that I should not say that I should say that you know the way that I've described it is like I feel like I've definitely had to um engage in in code switching is what you know we call it sometimes um when we have to act a different way for with for different people to basically get where we want to be and so I think that I've definitely had to learn to be like a chameleon and have to you know engage in code switching um whether it be conscious or not and 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 lately just like being more conscious about it um i've realized that you know i've been working subtly towards bringing my true self into every space um and it's it's not easy actually It, it can be uncomfortable and and what i've realized is that the people who don't like it are just not the people for me <laughs> and that <laughs> I should they shouldn't be really be in my world right I mean that's the most fascinating I mean that's my favorite part about this human experience in a way is like you can kind of curate your whole world we have enough people we have enough places yep. we have enough experiences we have enough options like you can literally make it what you want um but you have to know that you have that power first right and I think we've talked about you know, curating our friends and our support group and our advisory boards so that they uh, that they reflect who we are and they provide a positive, that they all provide a positive, it's a symbiotic positive relationship, right? Yeah. Like yeah. nobody's out there using one another. Everybody's out there supporting and collaborating right. and ensuring that there's an abundance for everybody. And that everybody sees each other's potential. Yeah. And when you yes. find that and group, wants it's them magical. To, yes. And wants them to, to get to that potential, right? And I guess maybe this is should be said, in, though I think it's implied in our conversation, it's genuine, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not a, or I'm mm-hmm. doing it because this will achieve the end goal. It's a, this is what I want to see in the world. Yeah. I mean, some people are just using one another, you know, and I think we have to just recognize that in a way like, well, I, I, well, actually, as I say that out loud, I I mean, I even challenge myself because, you know, what does that really mean? You know, I I think when you say like you're using somebody, there's this negative connotation of like, oh, you're just using me. Like you just want this thing from me and you don't care about me. Um, But on the other hand, I think you can genuinely care about other people and you can build each other up at the same time and you can benefit from other people and their relationships, connections, uh, experiences, uh, wisdom, fabulousness. Like you can (laughs) you Mm -hmm. can benefit from them at the same time, also caring about them and wanting to build them up in every way that you can. Right. So like, even as I use that language, it's just funny because it's, 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 it's programming, right. Where, where people have, um, I've, I've been taught that like, you don't use people, but if you think about it in that way, where it's like, you can never use somebody, it's a bad thing to use somebody that means that you're never taking advantage of the gifts that that person has to offer you and the enrichment that they can offer to your life. That means you're shying away and be like, Oh no, I don't want to use you. I don't want to take advantage of you. Well, I say like, let's turn that around and think about it again in a positive way of we don't have to use each other because we're not using each other up. We have an abundance 
of resources. We have an abundance of energy. We have an abundance of greatness. We can't use each other up. That's impossible. <gasps> oh, right? I love this. <laughs> we, can, we can only use each other's energies to build each other up. And when we really care about one another, that's genuine to your point. I love this. And it points out to me that when people are saying that so-and-so is using so-and-so to get what so-and-so mm-hmm. wants, mm-hmm. they're coming from a scarcity mindset. Yes. Call that scarcity mindset out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this totally changes that situation for me and changes the use of the word use. Yes, the use of the word yes. use. Yeah. Yeah, the use you of know, the word use. <laughs> yeah. Let's ignore the fact that I double used use. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is getting complicated. <laughs> but it's, it's almost like the, what we're coming from and talking about the sense of abundance, use is more of a utilitarian sense mm-hmm. as opposed to a negative connotation that I think is often attributed in, you know, just basic everyday American English. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow, that's really powerful. That change makes, in mindset. Yeah, it's a mindset shift, right? And and we just have, and this is why I love talking out loud with you, Tessa, because, you know, I, I've also been thinking about, I don't know why, but I've been thinking about this idea that people <clears throat> believe that we all have these like inner dialogues, which of course some people do, and they, they have these conversations with themselves. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I'm an extrovert. I talk out loud. And so that means I think out loud. And so I, I, I need that. I need, I need to have these conversations out loud. And when I am having, you know, my quote unquote inner dialogue or inner relationship, I mean, I don't, I don't think I really have a full on like, you know, uh, conversation with myself internally. That's not really a thing for me. I, I think that it, 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 it sense to me, it's, it's more of, you know, what I sense or what I, it, it's more expressed in my, in myself as, as, as feelings versus, you know, cogent thoughts, actually, <laughs> I have to articulate my thoughts um, allowed for, for me to really, really, truly think about them or in writing, you know, that might be the only, I mean, that's why journaling is probably the best thing that I'm not doing. <laughs> I need to be doing more of, um, because that's really a way for me to articulate my thoughts. I, I have to, I have to be able to get them out in words to really think them through. And, um, and if we don't, if we don't give that space to each other, then, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's one of the reasons that people struggle to do mindset work, because there's this idea that you have to do it alone, or that you have to, you mm-hmm. know, just meditate, reflect, do your work on your own type of thing. And, um, and yeah, I just wanted to share that it's, it's also this, it's also, you know, finding like minds that you can explore new concepts with that help you do the mindset work together. Absolutely. I am so glad you shared that. And for those of you who may be introverted or like me, ambiverts, I find that journaling helps, but it helps me like clear out the inner dialogue so that I can trust my instincts more because I am Mm. a true believer in like trusting my gut and Mm -hmm. I need all the like stuff moved away so that I can find out what my intuition is telling me in a very clear and clean way 
Yes, your intuition is correct. And I mean, <laughs> I've always said every time that I've gone against my intuition, I've regretted it. And so <laughs> I just trust her. I just say, you got this. <laughs> and I let her do her thing. And I love that there can be a practice to clear the path, you know, for, for, for trusting yourself, for trusting your intuition, because she's very wise. <laughs> totally and I th- I like to think because I believe everybody is <clears throat> excuse me everybody is good and everybody wants to actually in their true form support people and build a better world and build a world that they want to live in I think that if we all learn to trust our intuition more we would see more positive change and we would mm. see more of a sense of abundance but this again is my optimistic view of the world where everybody is fundamentally good and wants and don't discount that. better things. Don't, Thank don't you. Don't discount that. I feel like you're like, but that is just me. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that is the fabulous perspective that you've chosen to share with us. Thank you for sharing it and spreading that idea because it's an important one. And as you were speaking, it made me think the opposite of intuition is fear. Yeah, that's a very excellent point. I hadn't thought about that. Because why wouldn't you choose your intuition? It's scary. And if there's something yeah. else that's fear-based that you're like, oh, 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 I have to pay attention to that because it's a threat. It takes you mm-hmm. away from your intuition. It takes you away from your courage. It takes you away from greatness, really, right? Because now you have to be in scarcity and you have to be fearful that something's being taken away from you. So I love that we brought this whole conversation of abundance to this very relatable, real thing that we all know as our intuition. Because for me, that tells me practically in my very utilitarian mind that (laughs) now I know how to practice in my greater belief of abundance, right? Like I have this belief of abundance, but how do I practice? Um, How do I practice it, right? How do I put it into my life? And I think you just gave me part of the answer, which is lean harder into trusting my intuition every time. Know that that is moving you closer to abundance. First off, I love your utilitarian mind. Second, <laughs> I love all you your talk- mind. <laughs> <laughs> safe, or safe. <laughs> but when you were talking, I realized when we're not trusting ourselves, I think that's when we fall into the trap mm-hmm. of doomsdaying and assuming the worst yep. possible outcome because we're just embracing fear because we're yep. not sitting with ourselves and realizing what is our intuition saying because I I truly believe we know like at our hearts our intuition knows and we've just got to open ourselves up to listen to it yes and and, and that's practice. where creativity comes from you know mm-hmm. and I think creativity is power like to bring something into the world that just came from your mind and your spirit and I mean that's amazing right and then to use your intuition and courage to to put it out there I mean I I really think that we all have so much power that is just untapped and we have been listening to other people who are afraid and have a scarcity mindset tell us that we cannot when we absolutely can. There's no reason why we cannot. The only reason we cannot is if we choose to believe those lies and they're lies. Just lies. <laughs> they're just lies. 
and the truth is I mean it's it's real and and when you go and you take that leap and you trust your intuition and then it happens and then it happens again and then it happens again then it becomes so clear and I just want so many people I want to just bring so many people on the other side with us because I feel like we've both had enough um experiences uh like that that we're lucky enough to know that it's true already and we just need to like bring more and more people on this side of it so that then they know it too could not agree more and for all y'all listening i thank you and i hope you find and listen to your intuition and your inner voice and if you want to give it a name give it a name (laughs) <laughs> I haven't made my intuition yet, but maybe I should now that I said that, because it might help with the dialogue, it might help you find and discover your intuition, but do, because I think it is the key for everyone to realize their own potential, and when you can't find it and you're having troubles, make sure you're, the people around you are there seeing your potential and uplifting you, because I know Sai does that for me, every conversation I walk away feeling so much better. I hope all of you have a sigh in your life. <laughs> Thank you, Tessa. And you know that that's who you are for me and, and so much more than that. And, um, and I love you and I love everyone listening. And I just want for you all to live in your power, in your abundance and, and staying uplifted. So we wish that for you and um, we'll see you on the other side. See you next time.